We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always on the buzz, my guy, Jack. And I know you're feeling good, Jack. Nick, I'm buzzing, mate. I could not be buzzing more than after last night's win. Best game of the season by the Nets. Yeah, honestly, great win. A nice bounce back from the losing streak. And honestly, just beating Miami feels good. They're not like a rival or anything, but they beat us enough time in the playoffs that it feels a little bit extra when we beat the Heat, and especially when we give them a beatdown like that. Yeah, after but, the Mexico game where we looked quite good, Nick, um, I, we were definitely in that. And after doing the pod following that, it was a bit disappointing not to get the win. And funnily enough, against Miami that game, it was the defense that won Miami the game. And for us, I think for me, the key was our defense early on. Yeah, yeah. 111-87 win on the road in Miami. And like you said, not only was it the defense, but I thought the energy. The yeah. energy, energy in that game was great. And it all changed. You know, starting the game, the Nets were playing okay. They were down early, I think, a few points. Then you insert Karis LeVert. Instant energy, instant boost. That second unit just came in, and they got that lead, and then the Nets never looked back. Yeah, Karis LeVert was an absolute key, Nick. He had a career high in his assists, 11 assists for the night. Posted another double-double with five rebounds. Um, Rondo Hollis-Jefferson was outstanding with the starting unit, 18 points and eight rebounds on eight of nine shooting. I saw a stat the other day. I think it was like he's top five, top six in the NBA for and one plays. And it, and it makes sense just the wow. way, like you've mentioned so many times before, the way he contorts his body and because he's so lethal from that like 10 to 15 foot range, when he gets that like back in and he starts to actually like, you know, rather than taking that mid-ranger, which we know is lethal, if he starts to get in there, you know, he's almost lethal around the line and what his free throw percentage is one of the best in the teams. Yeah, that's a great stat right there. And like you mentioned, I said, you know, Rondé does a great job drawing those fouls and he's just like herky-jerky. 
Like, and Sarah Kustoff always says this on the broadcast, like Rondé probably doesn't know where he's going all the time. He just kind of reacts a little bit better than he was in the past. And I think it's a great attribute. But getting back to Levert, like you mentioned, just watching his game grow this season has been amazing. In December, I would say he's been by far our best player. Yeah. And offensively, he's been great playmaking, making his teammates better. And I think that's always something very important. Um, I was just checking out Nets Daily, and I just saw the moment on Karis LeVert's big game. And I think one thing he does so well that helps Jared Allen, he gets that big man. He draws him to the rim to the last second. And if they don't draw with him to the last second, he makes him pay and scores at the rim. Dinwiddie doesn't quite do that, where LeVert holds him off to that last second and makes it so much easier for Jared Allen to get those easy dunks. I think that comes to do with a lot of the strength <clears throat> the strength that Karras has and the length and speed. He's got different attributes to Spencer. Spencer's a lot more control. And I'm pretty sure he's still leading the, the league in assist-to-turnover ratio. But Karras has different attributes to him, and it's almost become a signature move. We've seen so many times, especially with Jared Allen. He's having a field there with it. I think it's increased Jared, Jared Allen's game, and they're sort of one-two punch. Um, I read also, I think it was on Net Staley as well, with um, D'Angelo said to come back in the coming weeks, I'd like to see Karras with the starting lineup and maybe Spencer coming off the bench or vice versa to have two guards starting, I think would absolutely change our dynamic for the better. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I would like to probably see Levert in the starting lineup. I think he's deserved that. I think, like I said, he's been our best player and going forward, he obviously is a big key to the Nets future and putting him with D'Angelo. And that's always been something you and I have talked about even before yep. we did the Brooklyn buzz, you yep. know, that backcourt of Levert and D'Angelo Russell is just so exciting, so dynamic and we're so D'Angelo might not necessarily want to run the offense and be that playmaker all the time. Karis LeVert can do that and let D'Angelo kind of be that scorer. So they kind of complement each other so well. Yeah, and the funny thing was, we all remember the awesome preseason photo shoot where it was Rondé, yes. Karis, and D'Angelo. And now that photo is going to last through the ages. And hopefully looking back on it five years' time, it was like, it's almost one of those moments where it just all came together because um, it's exciting times for this with this young squad. Yeah, honestly, and I'm this is saying with the most optimistic juice I have left in 2017, I'm just putting it all in one more take. There's a possibility all three of those guys could be an all-star at some point. Yeah. I'm not saying they're all going to be long-term all-stars. Maybe D'Angelo I could see being a long-term all-star. And now Karis is starting to make me push his ceiling up a little bit more every game when he puts up a performance like that. 11 assists in 23 minutes with only two turnovers. Against a Miami team that is known for their defense, obviously very banged up, but still an impressive game. And Rondé, he continues to add to his game. And uh, I, I mentioned to you, I watched the game with Corey the other night, and he was amazed by the post game. There was just a couple smooth moves that Ronde hit in the post against quality defenders yesterday, and it just makes you very happy. Also, I love to see him cutting to the rim and throw down some dunks. I love to see him dunk a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And um, I think he's just got a better IQ on the floor, and he's got more confidence. I think we've, we've mentioned that keyword so many times with a lot of these players. But I think it, it, it relates most to, to Ronde more than any, just the confidence. Those uh, those mid rangers he's taken over like seven footers. Like Kelly O'Lennox, no scrub, yeah. um, but he he made him look he made him look like trash last night. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Rondé and, and those dunks, yeah, they just get you hype. And he's he's a pretty ferocious dunker. Like he, he's he's no scrub when it comes to that. So I think that's when our, a lot of our team looks really good when we're making those cuts when we're making those front front cuts, those back cuts. It just it leaves the defense at all sorts. And Miami are, are an amazing defensive team, especially. Under Coach Spolstra, he's um he's famed for that. So we made them look pretty um pretty lackadaisical last night. 
Yeah, and mentioning Rondé, I think one move I think he could add to his repertoire that would be very nice is a nice reverse dunk. This is a little bit before your time watching the Nets, but Richard Jefferson had that locked down where he'd come underneath that rim and he'd just be able to get up there so quick and kind of almost use the net to protect the ball. And we know Rondé has that athleticism. But let's talk about another guy who was big last night, and this is a guy that you love, and that's Joe Harris. Career high in points last night, and he was just killing it. He was doing it from all from everywhere, Nick. Four, four from three. Um, get that man in three point contest, despite the fact that he had a a bit of a slow December. But I think you know health was uh, one thing that I think has been affecting him a bit. But yeah, he sort of everything just came together for him with that second unit. Um, he was making nice cuts. His passing game has improved astronomically. Um, best game of his career and best game as a net. And, uh, and there were just so many players. And you know, I love my boy Joe, and I, I think I tweeted about. 300 hearts to go with it every time that he did something good. Um, you know, you can't ask enough from a guy from a role player. And, you know, he's certainly elevating his his value as a net because um, we know that he's likely on the way out. It's just the timing of it. And it's just the package. Um, you mentioned in the last episode, Nick, we'd want him to maybe package him up with maybe uh, some other assets to sort of get, you know, an increased sort of return. Um, but right now, Joe's doing some great things for us and I'm happy to have him on the team. I honestly would not be surprised if the Nets didn't go the route now. And I'm not saying this just because of the last game he played, but I don't think it's as much as a lock as we made it seem in the last episode. Like, there's a chance he could stay around, obviously, living in Brooklyn. The Nets are obviously going to keep some of their players. He's a role guy. I think the price is going to matter. It depends on him what the Nets, like I said, they're not going to give him up for nothing. But I think when you have a guy like him, and you mentioned, you know, the numbers being a little bit down, but I felt like his play and his effort – we're yeah. still, you know, consistent throughout the season. Like, he's, he's one guy where I'm not like, oh, Joe Harris, he didn't play hard. Like, why didn't he get off to that loose ball? Like, he's a tough dude. He's not that big, and he really goes at it all the time. So I could appreciate Joe Harris on multiple levels. Also, rookie Jared Allen last night had another solid game, 12 points, one rebound shy of that double-double with nine boards, but still another impressive performance. And you see his impact every a little bit more every game on a defensive and offensive end. Yeah, and I think Karis LeVert, whenever Karis LeVert seems to have a good game, it definitely affects Jared Allen. Um, yep. I think that their partnership is, is becoming more and more important to the team, especially with that second unit. Um, and as well, I think it was it was almost a bounce-back game of sorts because I remember the last game, OG uh, dunked all over him uh, in the Miami game. And I'm sure as a rookie, Jared Allen probably didn't. He has a very short memory, so I'm sure he remembered that. Um, so he, he definitely had the better of OG last time. They were still a bit chippy, which I like. Um, both both guys are going to be um, great players long-term. I think they're probably two of the best with John Collins, two of the best defensive and offensive big men from this year's class. Yeah. I think you might have him mixed up with uh, Bam Abadayo. Bam Abadayo, yeah. I'm, yeah. I always mention him up with the with Toronto Raptors guy. Yeah. They both have kind of crazy names, so it kind of throws you off a bit. But it not does. only did they, he get a dunk on him last game, but I don't know if you remember. We didn't even talk about this on the pod, and I thought about it afterwards a while ago. Oh, they got into it a little bit too. And Jared Allen yeah. and him were pushing and shoving. And Allen has been like the super quiet guy. So for him to get mad was kind of interesting. So, you know, probably a little edge there. Also, a guy that we talked a lot about trash about lately, and that's been Quincy Acey. He pretty, played a pretty solid game. Yeah, the the three shot was back, Nick. And I think a, uh, things that I mentioned about him in the, in the last previous pods was that the, the energy sort of plays that we – we've missed from him in the past. You know, he was getting offensive rebounds. He was getting calls off the offensive glass. He was, the energy looked like it was there. The confidence looked like it was there. The flow looked like it was there. And I think it came after that first shot. I think it's really important for, for so many players, but, but confidence guys like Quincy Acey, if he nails that first shot, 
or if it looks good and, and if it looks like it's in rhythm, then he's going to have a good night. And that's what happened to him last night. Um, he was key for us in that second unit. He was part of that second unit that got us back um, from that deficit. Um, so, yeah, if, if Quincy AC can have more nights, there's always going to be off nights for him. But it's got to be part of the flow. And if he's not making the three, then if he's getting offensive rebounds or getting hustle deflections and stuff, then I'm going to be just as happy with that. I think that's like you you nailed it right on the head is if AC hits his first shot, he's in so much better rhythm. And not only does that impact his offensive impact, but defensively in his hustle, it's kind of all dependent on that first three. When he makes yeah. the three, he starts to feel good. You can see his juices start to cook. I think for him, he just needs to, you know, if he's going to stay with this team, if, you know, at least for the rest of the season, he needs to add something off of that dribble or do something offensively if he's not shooting the three. You know, if that is driving to the lane, he needs to learn how to control the dribble a little bit better and not just get fouls. You know, every time he goes in there and charge over somebody or just take a crazy shot. So he's able to kind of develop that a little bit more. I think that'll help balance him out as the season progresses. But real quick, two questions for you. Do you think yesterday the Heat shooting 33% from the field and 11% from three was more so to do with the Nets' defense or more so with the Heat just having a cold game and being so banged up? Look, it's, it started off with our defense, I think, Nick. Um, but once you get in that funk, and it's happened to our Nets as well, it's hard to get out of. So I think it starts with the Nets, and then I think it ended with Miami just being, you know, that consistency of just um, poor play and poor shooting just got to them, and it, and it infects the entire team. Guys like uh, Tyler Johnson, who who we offered the uh, a big offer sheet to, um, was very poor last night, and he's always played well against us. Wayne Ellington, who is one of the best three point shooters in the league, was cold. Um, so I think ice it starts cold. ice cold, ice cold, and I think it starts off with our defense. So I think. You know, if we, we could probably split it in a percentage. I'd say probably 70%, maybe 75%, three quarters, it was Nets defense. And then 25%, it was just the Nets getting in, uh, the, not the Nets, the, the Heat getting in there and funk a little bit as well. I think one thing I can always say about the Nets defense that makes a big difference is their focus and energy. And if they're engaged, they're so much better help defenders. But when they're out of it and their energy is not high, their help defense is terrible and they're always locked on to their guy. Last night, you saw a lot of times in the paint, Hassan Whiteside got the ball or another big got the ball. Another guy came over and helped. And it didn't always mean that they stopped the shot or they didn't foul, but it's still the, you know, the prospect of going over there and trying to prevent the shot instead of just giving them an easy shot in the paint. So I think yeah. something like that is a big difference. Obviously, ice-cold games happen for teams and the Heat are banged up, but still to shoot those percentages, the Nets definitely had an impact. And like you said, I think this goes for any team, any game, any sport really. The Nets, when they come out good in the first quarter defensively and they make it tough for them to score, it's a lot harder for the team the rest of the game. Worse so when the Nets go down 10, 12 points and they're giving up a 35-point quarter, the other team's already starting to build offensive confidence. So it makes it harder to stop them when it comes late in the game. So if you start you know, good defensively, it's going to carry over throughout the whole game. Yeah, and I was confident after that first quarter, Nick. We started off poor, but you know, 24 to 20. To hold the, the heat to 20 points in a quarter, 21 points in the third, where I think I was you know, a little bit nervous after that Pacers game where we held quite a hefty lead as well. Um, the Heat probably don't have the as offensive firepower as like a Victor Oladipo and a Miles Turner. But I was a little bit nervous going into that third because the Nets have, have had their faults uh, in the yeah. third quarter quite a bit. But we sort of blew, that's where we blew them out of the water, 36 to 21. So it was really nice to see that consistency throughout the game. Yeah, you had a feeling that if it got into underneath that 25-point lead mark that you might get a little bit nervous. But the Nets, like you said, in that third quarter did a good job of steadying the ship and making sure they maintained the lead, got buckets when they needed to. 
But last one before we get out of here, if you have one New Year's resolution for the Nets this year, what is it? For D'Angelo Russell to play 20 games and to have continue his play that he had before his injury. For me, that's that's going to be massive. And I, I think a lot of people will probably be something like Jaleel Okafor. I think we had a, a fellow OTG writer tweet at us um, saying that why wasn't he getting any junk time minutes? Um, for, it, it, because Timothy Moskov, we saw him out there with Tyler Zeller. And and I, I sort of defended the, the rotation because I really liked Kenny's rotations last night, actually. Because I think, and you would probably echo my sentiments here, Nick, I don't think the Nets, whether it's Coach Kenny or Sean Marks, are going to put Jalil out there unless he's 100% mentally and physically right, even if it's just for, for junk time minutes. Because we saw that happen against Toronto just to see how he felt. And, you know, it wasn't the best, the best version of Jalil. So unless they're putting the best version of Jalil out there, I think it's going to be a little while. And I mentioned, you know, it might happen in the next game that you go to in Orlando, uh, not against Orlando at Barclays. Um, so I think most people would have um, New Year's resolutions for, for Jalil, but for me, it's all about D'Lo. Yeah, I want to see D'Lo back healthy and just improving his game and building on what, you know, he's seen being on the bench. I think he could have learned a lot from being on the bench. I think yeah. defensively, yeah. he has to understand now how important it is for him to be a good defender and for this team to really be that good defense. Before I get in my resolution, I agree with you on the Okafor thing. I mentioned in the past, the Nets are worried about him, his confidence. They want his confidence to be at all-time high. They probably already have a date in mind where they want him to play. They're not going to do it early unless he's an amazing in shape. But you have to remember, he was hardly playing. He's a big dude. The Nets play a super fast pace. And then they expect you to do a lot offensively. I think when the Nets are playing at their best, you see guys constantly doing things off ball. It's not just sitting in the corner. It's setting picks, back picks, all over the place, making cuts, faking picks, everything. You know, it's just constant movement, constant activity, and you're not in shape to play with the Nets. You're not going to be successful, and you're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to hurt the team. So the Nets are definitely worried about him in that aspect. But resolution-wise, I think I just want to see consistent defense. You know, I don't really care about the wins. I don't care about the shots. You know, they don't go down. They don't go down. But if the Nets play hard consistently on defense throughout the season, I think with the athletic players they have, Kenny's defensive system and the way they some of these guys can get after it and, you know, force some steals and the way we can light it up offensively sometimes – it could result in some more wins. So just go out there and play hard defense every night and you're going to be in the game. Absolutely, Nick. And I think that we saw that last night, a key element to it. You know, our offensive system relates so highly on our defensive system because we can get in and out and transition, use our athleticism. You know, we have so many guys out there that are 6'9 and under and that could finish around the rim and that could make threes. It just works out perfectly for us. You know, we're a Houston light in many ways. Um, yeah. So it's all about it's all about movement. It's all about movement. It's all about getting out and transition. And I think that really helps us when we play really hard active defense, whether it's one on one. Because I think a lot of our guys have really improved in their one on one defense and our help defense, as you mentioned earlier in the pod as well. Yeah, exactly. And it gets that just the defense gets everything cooking, and then you get the fast break points, the nice dunks like we talked about. Dunks just make everything exciting. So yeah. just more excitement for the team, energy, especially with young guys. I think momentum is such a big factor, and it's an easy way to kind of get the momentum in your favor. But yeah. that wraps it up for today. Jack, happy new year to you. Happy new year to all of our listeners. Plenty of more Brooklyn buzz to come in 2018, and hopefully a lot more Nets wins. So talk to you guys soon in the next year. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, guys. Yes, sir. As Jack said, subscribe on iTunes. Also, you can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio and otgbasketball.com. Go Nets. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.